Say it like you mean it. This is God's word. This is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for the uncompromising word of the living God. Thank you for the spirit of God who's here to take the Logos written word and translate it into our hearts as a rhema word. I step back so you can use me to articulate the things of God. And I pray, Lord, as we hear the word, our minds will be transformed. Our hearts will be changed and and our minds will receive it, Father, in a way that when we leave today, we'll leave with, with hearts full of faith. Our minds will leave renewed and our lives will change for the better because, Father, we adhere to what your word says. And so I thank you that the enemy has no room and no place in this place today and we will stay focused and we will hear what you have to say to us in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated here in the house and you may be seated at home. Every year, I like to take at least 10% of the year and teach on finances and giving. Now, there are how many weeks in a year? There are 52 weeks in a year. And so I take about five to six weeks minimum out of the year to teach on what could be what I would say a sensitive topic. And it's difficult to have faith for something if you never hear about it. Say amen to that. Faith comes by how? Faith comes by hearing. Therefore, if you want to increase your capacity to receive, you must now increase the capacity of the word that you need to hear to be able to give. And so I started a new series and Pastor James kicked it off last week. And the new series is entitled Unorthodox Giving because I'm still in that vein of God doing something unorthodox in our lives. Amen. And so I believe your unorthodox giving can cause you to experience unorthodox living. I'm going to say that again. I believe your unorthodox giving can cause you to experience unorthodox living. I've experienced that and I still experience it. And so I have two goals. The goal of the series that we're in is twofold. Here's the first one. To teach the principles of giving from a biblical perspective so that the faith to give will position us to have faith to receive. So that's the first goal. Here's the second goal. It's to raise enough funds to do some extra. Everybody say extra. To do some extra things for God's house and prayerfully help us save for our next building project. So that, that's the financial thing that we want to do. And so what I want to do is start our lesson off by just showing you that special giving for God's house is biblical. Everybody say special giving. Special giving for God's house is biblical. And if you grab today's teaching, I believe it will take your level of your financial level and your mindset to a new level. 
So we're going to look at Exodus chapter 25. And the only reason I'm reading this is to show you that God uses special offerings in order to do some things in his house. And so it's Exodus chapter 25. I'm reading out of the King James Version. It says, and the Lord spoke to who church? He spoke to Moses saying, I want you, Moses, to speak to the children of Israel that they bring who an offering. He said, listen, I want you to go talk to the people and I want you to tell the people that I want them to bring me an offering of every man that gives it willingly with his heart. You shall take up my offering. And this is the offering which you shall take of them. So I want you to notice that God is being very specific in what kind of offering he wanted the people to give. So he says it was an offering of gold and silver and brass and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair. And so now I'm dropping down to verse 8. It says, and let them make me a what? So what were they doing with these offerings? They were making God a sanctuary. And here's the purpose of the sanctuary church. He says that I may dwell among them. And that's the reason we come together together. It's because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, he's in the the midst of us. And so there are several things that I want you to pay attention to regarding what we just read. Here's the first thing I want you to notice. Notice that God spoke to Moses and asked Moses to speak to the people. About bringing the offering. What, what, that's, that's different. Why didn't God just talk to the people straight? You know what that says? That God's going to tell the leader stuff he's not going to tell you. Come on, give me an amen for that. No, God's going to say some things to me as the pastor that he may not say to you. He'll use me to communicate that. And so it may look like. And it may sound like man may be asking for something, but it's actually God doing the request. And if there's a need in his house, do you know that God has the right to ask his people for what they need, for what he needs for his house? Amen. Now, you may say, well, Pastor Edwin, shouldn't the tithe and the regular offering that we receive, shouldn't that be enough to pay for the extra things? I mean, that makes sense, don't it? Should not regular tithing offering be enough to do the extra things that need to be done? Well, let me answer that by saying, first of all, that would be nice if that was the case. But everybody, that's four words, everybody does not give tithing offering. So just look at your neighbor and say, is he talking to you? Then look at your other neighbor and say, I think he is. No, everybody doesn't. And then secondly, listen. God has always used over and above offerings to supply things for his house. So I'm going to read one more verse and then I'm going to jump into the meat of the lesson because this principle I'm going to teach you on is so powerful. Uh, in First Chronicles 29, we're going to look at the New, New King James Version. And the whole point that I'm giving you is that I want to show you that it is biblical. Watch this now to use over and above offerings to supply for extra things for God's house. First uh, Chronicles chapter 29. Now, why, why am I being so specific? Because the name of our church is Word of Truth. I know you see a lot of preachers out there and they're just giving principles and concepts and all that. And I don't have a problem with principles and concepts. But what I want to do is make sure what I'm teaching is coming straight from the Word. And see, that way you can't fight me. You just fight God. I go to sleep. Say it, say it. I just go to sleep. Y'all boxing with God. Wake up about three black eyes. Anyway. 
First Chronicles chapter 29. It says, furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, he says, my son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, he's young and he's inexperienced. And the work that is before him is great because the temple, everybody say the temple, the temple or the sanctuary is not for man. But who is it for? It's for God. Watch verse two. Now. For the house of my God, I want you to notice that David is, is making the house of God personal. He says, for the house of my God, I have prepared with all of my might. Listen to what he said he prepared. Gold for things that are made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze and iron and wood. And so I'm jumping down now to verse 3. David says, moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God. I want you to notice David is doing this from his heart. He said, listen, I'm setting my affection to make this happen. I'm making sure my heart is in this thing. In fact, when I was growing up, they had this song that said, if your heart wasn't in it. Oh. Why would you tell me so? How many know the song? Let me see. You scared you raised your hand, ain't you? I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you old. (laughs) David was doing this from his heart. And Jesus said, where your treasure is, what? That's where your heart's going to be. And so watch this. Let me just throw this in for free. If you want to keep your heart right toward your church, give to your church. The reason why a lot of people's hearts gets off toward their church. The reason why they get so offended from stuff is because they ain't giving to it. Amen. Now, he says, I have given to the house of my God. Watch what he says, church. Over and above all that I prepare. So this wasn't his regular giving. He said, this is over and above. He says, I prepared it for the holy house and my own special treasure of gold and silver. And then he goes on and talks about how much it is. 3,000 talents of gold and gold of Ophir and 7,000 talents of refined silver. And sometimes people have a problem when they find out how, some, how much somebody gave. But you know what? How much people gave in the Bible is, 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 is right in the Bible. How do we know the widow woman, that, that woman that, that gave two mites in the New Testament? How do we know she gave two mites? Because Jesus told us. Amen. So, you know, people say, well, you shouldn't tell people what you gave. Well, that only applies to the poor. Amen. Sometimes you knowing motivates you amen then the leaders of the father's house so david gave then the leaders came and the leaders of the tribe of israel the captains of thousands hundreds and when the officers are with the officers over the king's work they offered willingly watch verse seven they gave for the what church the work of the house of god so they were giving or everybody was giving because they had some work to do and that's why we're doing it That's why on March 26th, we're going to take up an offering and we're going to do the extra. And one of the extras is we're going to make sure our kids area looks like a kid's area on the outside. On the inside, it looks like a kid's area. But you don't know that uh, looking at it from the outside. And again, I'm I'm throwing the numbers out there. It's just for that one project, it's $108,000. Now, see, people think church is cheap. Now, I know I'm going to help some of you all. You probably, oh, that's kind of too much information, Pastor. Well, I'm going to give it to you anyway. Because it's time to grow up. Amen. 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 Get off the milk. 
You know, I know you used to go into Missionary Baptist Church. I won't say which one. And they had a little brown board up there. And the brown board today's offering $9.13. I know you saw that growing up. Don't you see that? Come on. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, this ain't $9.13, church. Listen, listen, the, the play, the production that we're doing, which by the way, we're going to do it with super excellence, but that production, just the costumes cost us $9,000. Look at your neighbor and say, if you're going to do it, you better do it. Watch verse 9, after the people gave, they rejoiced for they had offered willingly. Because with a loyal heart, they had offered willingly to the Lord and David rejoiced greatly. So it is the undeniable will of God to receive over and above offerings to supply things for his house. Can I get an amen from the church? And so here's why some people get upset when it comes to talking about giving, especially to a church. Now I'm getting ready to meddle just a little bit. I have to. So why do some people have issues when you talk about giving money at church? Well, one of the issues is it's because they are not givers and talking about giving convicts them. Now just look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to me. He ain't talking to me. Now look at your other neighbor and say, but he talking to you though. Yes. Now some people who are not givers, they get convicted. So they get upset when you talk about it. Here's some, another reason. It's because they have been offended regarding giving situations from the past. You know, some people, uh, you know, they decided to maybe tithe for the first time and their lights got cut off. And they'd be like, God, see, I gave my tithe. It didn't work. No, your tithing has nothing to do with your lights being off. It's because you didn't pay your light bill. <laughs> We'd be blaming stuff on God. He'd be like, hey, you spent your money at the mall. Here's number three. They may have an ill heart attitude towards church leadership because the last church might have messed over on them, right? When giving is, listen. And the issue with that is when you let offense leave one church and you bring it to this church, you have just judged your current church from your last church's actions. Say amen to that. So they may have an ill heart attitude towards church leadership when giving is taught, not realizing, watch this, that to the pure, all things are pure. Titus chapter 1 verse 15, listen to the New Living Translation. It says everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure. Amen. Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure. But nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and their consciences are corrupted. And these people claim that they know God, but they deny him by the way that they live. But yet they can get online and criticize and judge you, right? The Bible says they are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. Glory be to God. So listen, here's my goal today. I want to give you one life-changing benefit of giving in an unorthodox way so you can experience a life of unorthodox results. This one, I'm only doing one person. And here's what I'm doing. I'm kind of piggybacking from, from uh, Pastor James last week because uh, there is an expansion of what he taught that I want you to get. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to define what I call unorthodox giving. Let me define it. It's giving that isn't conformed by rules and traditions of the world. It is spirit-led or heart-led giving that can be viewed as different, viewed as unconventional, viewed as unusual, or even crazy. 
Amen. I'm an unorthodox giver. When I first became a pastor, and uh, I'm at, uh, I went to my first pastor's conference, and uh, I'm in my room ironing my shirt, and I asked the Lord, Lord, what would you like for me to give as the pastor of Word of Truth Family Church? Which, by the way, I think we were about four months old. And the Lord speaks to me and says, I want you to give $5,000. I said, I won't be doing that today. We got there in the conference and, and, uh, you know, I wrote a check for $2,500. And so, you know, everybody was just going down there because it was like public giving. So they go down there, they announce it so they could add it up. And so, you know, everybody was going down there. Uh, Reverend James from Missionary Saint Church, uh, $400. You know, that's how they was doing it. And so I, you know, I'm an unorthodox giver. How, what kind of giver that God loves? Cheerful giver. So I walked down there and I, I, I was $2,500. And everybody's looking like, what's wrong with him? Then I marched back to my seat like I did something. As soon as I sat down, one of the staff said, uh, Pastor, for some reason, I think you're supposed to get, we're supposed to give another $2,500. How much does that add up to? What did God tell me to do? I wanted to say the devil is a lie, but I couldn't do it. So watch this now. Grudgingly, I wrote the check. See, sometimes obedience has nothing to do with how you feel. Because I was not happy when I wrote the check. Was I cheerful? No. Does God love a cheerful giver? But he don't hate an uncheerful one. I was not cheerful. I wrote the check and I went down there. And I still said it, but I said it with some attitude. This time I was like, $2,900. Went back to my seat. What's my point? Watch this now. Some un, I set in motion some unorthodox results from my seed being given. And years ago, when we were trying to get our church in position to get a loan for this building that you're sitting in, all I was receiving was no's, 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 no's. But instead of allowing that to defeat my faith, I knew giving, watch this now church, was the answer to our problem. Which brings me now to our first and only benefit of giving. So here's the point. And I'm going to labor this point. Favor flows when my sowing grows. Everybody say favor flows when my sowing grows. Come on, say it one more time. Say favor flows when my sowing grows. See, I keep seed in the ground. First lady and I, we showed up at the hotel and uh, I, I don't like little rooms. Right? I'm too tall. I feel claustrophobic. So they had a room. It was like a, a junior suite. And I was like, I don't want that. What, what, what else do you got? And they showed me another room. I was like, I want that one. I was like, well, it's 500 more than the one you got. I said, no, I want it for this price, though. <laughs> I got seed in the ground. He got on his cell phone, went to the back. He pacing around. He talking. And he comes back and said, Mr. Connor, just for you. We will pay. You will keep it at the same price. We'll give you the bigger room. Everybody say favor flows when my sowing grows. In other words, giving, listen, church, causes grace and favor to increase in my life. So look at 2 Corinthians 9. This right here can change your life. 2 Corinthians 9. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must decide in your heart 
how much to give. Now, let me clarify something because people want to make that about tithing. I can give what I want. No, 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 no. This is only talking about offering because you don't determine how much you give when it comes to tithing. That's already been set. It's 10% and God wants that from everybody. So he's not talking about tithing right here. Amen. And as a matter of fact, okay, uh, Pastor Jonathan, let's just say he, uh, you can just come right, you know, you know, he, let's say he borrowed $20 from me. All right, he borrowed $20. There you go. There's the $20. All right. Now, it's time for him to bring my $20 back. He said, Pastor Evan, in two days, I'm going to give you $20 back. So two days, he show up and he give me $20. Let me ask you a question. Did he give me $20? No. What did he do? He returned. He, listen, he has not even given. He didn't give me that. He returned it. But he doesn't start giving until he give me some of his money. So maybe in his appreciation of me loaning him $20 because he needed it, maybe, just maybe, he might give me a little extra of his money. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan. Now, did Pastor Jonathan give something? He did give. So when you and I tithe, we're not giving, we're just returning. He says, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. (laughs) And God, watch what happens now after we give. Watch verse 8. After you give, God will generously provide all you need. Then you will have always, then you will always have, watch this, everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So listen, my giving is what determines my overflow. Listen to the King James Version of verse 8. And God is able. What is he able to do? He's able to do what, church? Make all grace. He will make, listen, that means if it doesn't exist, He can make it exist. The job may not even be there. He will create it just for you. That's what giving does. He says when you give, he will make some grace show up for you. He says he will make all grace to abound. Y'all pay attention to that word. We're going to come back to it in a minute. He says I will make all, God will make all grace to abound. And that word abound means to overflow, to increase, and to excel toward you. He says, and then when that happens, you'll always have all sufficiency in all things. Why? So you can abound to every good work. And that's the whole purpose of increase. It's not for just you to live on it and eat on it and wear on it and drive on it. It's also for you to be a blessing to someone else. Now that word grace, it has three major meanings. It means benefits, favor, and liberality. Everybody say benefits, favor, and liberality. So when you see the word grace in the Bible, it means benefits, favor, and liberality. So now I'm going to give you my definition of grace based on the context of our teaching. Here it is. Grace is an invisible force that can grow and increase through my giving that causes favor to flow from God and man. I'm going to say that again. Grace is an invisible force that can grow. Everybody say grace can grow. It's an invisible force that can grow and increase through my giving that causes favor to flow from God and man. Luke chapter 2 verse 52. We're going to see this word grace translated to a different English word. This is in uh, Luke 2 52. It says, and Jesus increased. Everybody say increase. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? 
He increased. What did he increase in? He increased in what? Wisdom. What else he increased in? Stature or height. What else did he increase in? Whoa, whoa. Favor can be increased. Are you kidding me? Nobody told me that growing up. That means a lot of people operate in regular favor. I don't want regular favor. Because I don't want to be a regular person. Because I want to let my light shine. And sometimes your light shining is what you got, not just who you are. Because sometimes people have to get close enough to you to see who you are on the inside. But something sometimes have to attract them. It's like, it's like, you know, a lure with fishing. The whole point is to lure the fish to bite the lure. And sometimes people have to get close enough to you. And the only way they're going to do that is by seeing something. You know, it's funny because as uh, First Lady Sharice and I, we were traveling, people think we're famous. Right? And so they come up to you too. They, oh, they taking, but we all at, we all at the hotel. We and they they sneaking taking pictures. We see them. <laughs> so we were in one of these lounges, you know. And so the lady just came out. She, the lady that was you know managing the lounge, she just came up to us. She was like, "People are asking, uh, are you all famous?" And we just say, "We can't tell. <laughs> we just keep them guessing, right? Just keep them guessing." It says Jesus increased with wisdom. He increased with stature. He increased with favor. And watch this. This favor that was increased, he got increased favor with God and he got increased favor with man. Does some people have more favor within God, with God than others? Yes. Some people have more favor with God than others. Some people have more favor with man than others. What's the difference? I'm going to show you what the key is. Jesus increased in favor. That word favor is the same word grace that we read. Watch 2 Peter chapter 3. It also tells us and confirm it as well. He says, but grow in grace. Grace can grow. Absolutely. So my question is, how does grace grow? Well, based on what we've read, God can cause grace to grow when our giving grows. He says that God will cause all grace to abound toward us. Watch this. The result of that was our giving. And this is why I take giving so seriously. Amen. Once I saw the financial barrier our church was facing, I knew giving was going to open up the door for that loan. And this is why I personally am a giver. Now, a lot of times, you know, uh, I take a chance on offending people, being transparent. I do, I do. But I believe I will help more because here's my thing. I I want some of you all, because exposure is what grows you up. Exposure is what grows you up. When I first saw uh, a Bentley the first time, I didn't know what it was. I said, what kind of car is that? It was at a gas station. So I pulled in the gas station just to look at it. So I was like, wow. So I, I, we, we didn't have camera phones back then. So, you know, I just wrote it down. I was like, oh, Bentley. Never seen that before, right? But exposure is what grow you. And so last year, just me, as a single person now being a married person, I added up my giving to Word of Truth, and I combined it with what I gave to my pastor last year. It was $92,000. Listen, some of y'all hear that and be like, well, how much money did he make? See, that's the thing. 
That's the thing. You assume that I make a lot based on that amount, that amount. But you don't understand. I give way more than what I tithe. But guess what happens? People give to me all the time. The hotel did it. They saved me. We were there for four days and five, five days and four nights. They saved me $2,000. How many know you know what I'm going to do with that $2,000? I'm going to give God some of it because he saved it. Because he gives seed to the sower. See, you thought that dress being on sale is because God loved you. No, he's trying to give you some seed for giving Sunday. Oh, y'all didn't get that, did y'all didn't get it? Y'all didn't get it? Come on, church, you gotta get it. Oh, you know, you meant you was gonna buy something and it's on sale? No, it's on sale because God loves you and He wants you to now watch this. He wants you to have some seed. You ain't got you look, the dress was 150. It was on sale for 100. You saved 50. God saying, give 25 of that as some seed. See, this is why people come into dry seasons. Because God was giving them seed in different ways and they didn't recognize it. And now they have a drought in their life. It's because they ate their seed. Say amen to that. So let me encourage you. uh, You have to watch it so that the ways of the world don't creep into your heart and creep into your thinking when it comes to giving. Because in the natural, why would I give something away that I need? That don't make sense, does it? Why would I do that? Amen. It's like somebody who has just enough gas to get to work. Just enough. And then they see somebody on the side of the road that ran out of gas. And God tells them, pull over and siphon some gas for them. Your mind is going, no, no, no. I got just enough to get to work. I don't even know how I'm going to get home. So you stop and you give them some gas. And in your brain, your brain is going, that was dumb. No. No, because if you have the mindset of a farmer, you're sowing seed. So then you know, okay, oh man, you can't even get to work. So you just stop at a gas station. You start, you know, thinking about what you're going to do. So maybe have some friends cash after you some money or whatever. And all of a sudden, somebody walks up to you and says, hey, God told me that there was a person that was going to come. And he wanted me to fill their gas tank up. And that was you. Do you mind if I did that? Amen. He gives seed to the soil. And when it comes to giving, you have to develop, church, a mentality of a farmer, not a consumer. See, farmers know that the seed always has to be planted and sacrificed in order to receive. But a consumer eats or stores their seed because all they have is a leftover mentality. Amen. So as I prayed, listen, I was praying about that long. And you know what the Lord told me to do? He says, I want you to give a whole week of word of truth income, give it into your pastor's ministry. Now, how many know that don't make sense? We need money. Why would I give what I need? Because when I give, grace is released. So, this was, it was the beginning of a year, and it was years ago, and I told Pastor Lisa, hey, this is what's happening. So we, we calculated every dime that came in for that week, and we wrote a check, and we sent it to my pastor, right? Well, guess what happened as a result of that? And nobody can make me believe nothing different. Not only did a company who turned us down come back and said yes, but listen, they allowed me to write the terms of the loan. 
God will cause all what? Grace to abound towards you. They let me write it. Because see, for two, two years, it was going to take at least two years and some change to build this building. Well, we had bonds. So the moment you got approved for the loan is the moment you start paying for it. Even if you ain't started construction, it didn't matter. As soon as you wrote the loan, you got the loan, you start paying it back. So I'm like, dog, we're going to be paying back the loan and ain't nothing happened yet with construction. And then watch this, we see a paying for the school that we in and then we're going to have to pay some of that money towards construction on top of that. I say, so I, I sat down with him. I said, hey, listen, why don't we do it like this? Why don't we like uh, graduate the payments? Why, why don't you let my first payment be like this? And then, and then after six months, it goes like this. And then after six months, it goes like this. And they had never done it before. And you know what? They said, okay, Pastor Evan. Everybody say, that's grace release right there. So watch this. Here, I'm closing with this. Favor grows when your sowing grows. Listen to the NIV version of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He says, and now, brothers, we want to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian church. God has given the Macedonian churches some grace. Out of the most severe trials, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. In other words, they didn't let their financial situation keep them back from giving. Watch verse 3. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, that's important, and then to us in keeping God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a, be- uh, made a beginning, to bring also to the completion of this act of grace on your part. Notice he called giving an act of grace. Watch verse 7, here's the key. He says, but just as you excel in everything, the King James Version uses the word abound that I wanted you to take uh, notice of. He says, but just as you excel in what? Everything. He says, you've excelled in speech, you've excelled in faith, you've excelled in knowledge, you've uh, uh, excelled in your love toward us. He said, but just like you've grown in that, I want you to excel, watch this church, in this grace of giving. Now, the second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, I want to read it because uh, I want you to see, it says, therefore, as you abound in everything. In faith and utterance and knowledge and diligence. In your love to us. See that you abound. That word abound. It means abundance. It means enough to spare. It means increase. Everybody say increase. So I'm going to show you one verse as we close. This word abound. It's in Acts chapter 16 verse 5. It says and so were the churches established in faith. And they increased in the number daily. The word increase there is the word abound and it's the word excel. In other words, what I want you to see is that God knows how to excel us in grace. Second Corinthians 8, 7. I'm going to read it again, but I'm going to replace now the word abound to the word increase. Because we, we just saw that increase means that. He says, but just as you have increased in everything. You've increased in faith. You've increased in speech. You've increased in knowledge. You've increased in your love for us. But I want you to also increase in your grace of giving. How does that happen? Easy. You and I must trust that God can do more with what we release than what we keep. I'm going to say that one more time. God can do more with what we release than what we keep. And I know this is challenging Because the world says the opposite. It says, get all you can 
Can all you get? Sit on the can. No, that's the way the world sits. But see, I don't want to live the type of life that the world lives. And I believe when we participate in the grace of giving, God does something in our lives. And he opens doors that man can't close. He creates opportunities that nobody could have created but him. I'm telling you, when you give like this, God downloads ideas and creative concepts that you could not have worked for. Y'all have time for one story real quick. Now, this one is just going to stretch you. It's going to touch your neighbor and say, if you go to nap and I'm going to go to slap and go on and tell them. <laughs> this story is going to stretch you just a little bit. But I'm only telling you this because I want you to understand what I'm saying. So when I fought, saw that Bentley years ago, I mean, I wasn't even in ministry or nothing. I was in business. I saw that Bentley. I put it on my, my vision board. So it was on my vision board for years. I had forgot it was on there. So one day I was walking in my house. I can see the spot that I was in. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Evan, you know that Bentley you want? I can show you how to get it without changing your, your budget. I was like, what? I said, what'd you say? He said, I can show you how to get the Bentley you want and keep your budget the same. I said, show me, Lord. So at the time I had two cars. The Lord told me, and, and what had happened is when I bought those cars, the economy had changed, and so the interest rates on the cars had dropped. He says, go and refinance both of those cars, and the money you're going to save from both of them will pay for your Bentley. I said, really? Now, I hadn't even found the Bentley, but I was looking. Because it, it, it don't cost nothing to look. Go to the dealership. Ask them to do a test drive. They ain't going to charge you if they try to get you. Let me see your credit card. That ain't a good dealership. No, they'll let you do it for free. Well, guess what? I did the math. I refinanced two cars in one day. And guess what? The Lord was right. (laughs) He was right. And then watch this. And after all that looking, I found the building that met my specifications. That's how, that's how I got my first one. Now, of course, that's the one that got stolen too, you know, because I left the <laughs> Blessing of the Lord make you rich, add no sorrow. Unfortunately, I left keys in there and it was running and they took it. That was not the devil's fault. What's my point? Grace giving causes grace living. <laughs> Did you get that? Grace giving causes grace living. And here's what I'm thankful for. I was in business longer than I've been pastoring. And I know this to be true. So with every head bowed, there are some people, you're strapped. You're strapped. It's time, it's time now to, to rethink how you manage your money. It's time to put him first. And then there are you who, who you are consistent in your tithing and your giving. There's something that I want you to do. I want you from this day forward, I want you to expect favor and I want you to expect benefits and I want you to expect increase to happen to you every day. And when it happens, even if it's on a small level, when it happens, take time to just thank God for it. And then now use that opportunity that to declare that more grace is coming. And Father, we thank you that there are surprise, that's surprise money that's coming. But there are some of us, our hearts are not right yet.
And so it's holding up what you want to give us because you don't want us to squander it. You want us to manage it. You want us to sow it. You want us to grow it. And I pray today that our church will receive this word with all their heart. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. With every head still bowed, here's my question. If you died today, are you sure you go to heaven?